<laughs> so there you are, Tubby. Ah, you look like a bucket of lard on a bad day. You baby gorilla. Why don't you work a zoo and stop bothering people? Got a call yesterday from Baskin-Robbins. They said that they're down to only five flavors. You're swelling up as I talk to you. Look at you. How's this? How's it doing? <laughs> Hello, ice cream. Having a good time? <laughs> Running around? <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I called your friend a fat pig, huh? You think that's funny? Oh, no, I was just laughing uh, earlier when you were talking to his belly. You get a horse and live in the mountains someplace and don't bother anybody. Got a personality like a dead moth. Welcome to episode 41 of the Geek Generation, and I am not joined by Brian Lipsitz today because Brian is not here, but my tag partner in crime, Mike Volpe, who is a frequent writer, is here with me today. How are you, Mike? I'm good. How are you? It's exciting to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. In studio. We are in studio recording again, by the way. We're attempting this a second time, and hopefully this these words we're actually saying will be heard by people. Hopefully. Hopefully. If all goes according to plan. Um, first things first, this is the one-year anniversary show of the Geek Generation. We aired episode one on June 23rd, 2010. That wasn't... Well, that was the first official episode. We had the Lost episode. That was a special before that, I think, on the first of the month. But the official first episode was June 23rd, so this is pretty much our anniversary show. Yeah. Seems like the... Geek Generation podcast has always been around. Always, yes. Always. Always. From the day you were born, it's right. always been around. It's always been there. Yeah, I can't <laughs> believe it's been a year. I just feel like every Monday, it's always been there. Yeah. You know? It's sure. a comfortable blanket. It is. <laughs> so, it's exciting to be a part of the year anniversary show. Yeah. You should be excited for your first in-studio and one-year anniversary and it's everything. It's a day of firsts. It is. Yeah. So it, it'll be our first in studio. It'll be the, the first year, your first appearance and, uh, my first non screw up in studio show. So tons of stuff in line with the one year anniversary thing. I always check the ratings on the show and everything. And we have a consistent like 60 to 70 people that listen to pretty much every episode of the show. That's good. But I get worried because there's not a lot of active involvement in the show. Mm-hmm. Like. The listener emails this week, we had you, but you're here, so we don't even need to go over that. And nobody else really responded. So, again, maybe it was people weren't too interested in the poll question, or maybe it was just that people are passive. But I want to get people active. Yeah. So, as we are at the one-year mark of the show, I want to start uh, a simple little task that I'm going to task to the listening audience, because it's more fun for me to know who the people are that are listening to me. Like, I know you listen. I know yeah. G1's out there. I know superfan Chris Tong always listens. 
aside from that, I don't really know anyone unless they write in or if they consistently listen. So I want to start the I listen campaign right now, right today. Okay. So basically what's going to happen is I want anyone who follows us on Twitter or on Facebook that's listening to me right now. And I'm not going to post this on the site because this is only for listeners. If you are listening, just go on the Twitter fan page and type in I listen. That's it. It's a great idea. If you're on Twitter, all you have to do is say I listen and make sure that you add the at geek generation. So I'll actually see it because I won't otherwise if I'm not following them. And I'm not following them because I don't know them yet. So I want people to just say, I listen and that's it and leave it simple and just to do something active and show you're there. And it's been a year of this. I want to see my crowd form. And as if I know there's people that are active and that I can get in touch with and, uh, find out where people are and where they're listening. I do have some other plans in mind for us to do like as a group, not just on the show, but outside of the show events I can put together and things like that. But I need to have an active listening base to do that with. Geek Generation Picnic in the Park. Picnic in the Park. Oh, awesome. I know, right? Some watermelon and there we go. lemonade. No, it doesn't seem like a difficult thing to exp- – I don't use Twitter. Right. I, I don't understand Well, I wouldn't the expect you to it, send me a message on Twitter. As, You're not on Twitter. Right. So okay. But as far as Facebook goes, I try to share it. Right. So it doesn't seem like it's that difficult of a thing to do. No. I mean, you just hop on the page and just type in, yeah. I listen. But to spread the word yeah. seems like a, a fairly easy thing to do. It so does. For the people who do listen, it shouldn't be that hard to click share. Hey, check this out. Right. Even if it's just Done. an article on the site, even if it's not the show. Because mm-hmm. people still come and they'll listen. They might not stick around. They might say the show sucks, but <laughs> they might give it a shot at least. Um. Well, then all that stuff out of the way. Let's move on to the actual show content and start with our geek outs. Sure. Yay! What are you geeking out over, Mike? Uh, I'm pretty excited about, uh, the Halo 4 trailer. Yes. Mostly because of how soon this game is coming out. As I watched the trailer unfold and at the end it said holiday 2012. Yep. Which obviously to me means Christmas. Yeah. I can't imagine them postponing it unless some other massive game is going to be released. It's exciting. I didn't see it coming this quickly, especially with... I know you're a PlayStation guy, so you yeah. don't follow Xbox. Well, so that's now why we have, it's good that you're here. Right. We got the Xbox perspective. Uh, Halo Reach launched, what was it, last year. So now, two years later, to have a, a game, another Halo game come out, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. And the trailer itself, it looks like the game's going to pick up right where the third one ended. Uh, I don't know how far down the road. For those who've played it, they'll know what I mean. That, that hidden uh, video after the credits. Shows the Master Chief locking himself into the uh, the freezing chamber, the cryogenic right. chamber. So who knows how far down into the future this game is, but it looks like it's going to pick up right where the third one ended. And that's supposed to be the big deal with this game, too, is that Master Chief is back. You get as to the play him again. Right. Right. I mean, you played him for three games, and then they come out with Halo Reach, which was the prequel mm-hmm. leading up to just minutes before the first game. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, at the end of Halo Reach, you see uh, where the game lines up with the first one, and you are just minutes away from the where the first one takes place. Cool. So it's exciting to see how it all is unfolded, and now that there's going to be another trilogy of games, to see where it's going to go from here. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. I mean, I was excited enough that I got off the couch 
unplugged my laptop, ran all the way upstairs to my bedroom, had to show my fiance the trailer who couldn't have cared less. Yeah, she doesn't care. <laughs> she cares as much about that as I care about Harry Potter, right? Which is almost nothing. But watch this. It's <laughs> exactly. A, it's a I was like a little kid jumping up and down. Yeah. Watch this. Watch this. He's alive. This is what you're buying me for Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my big freak out or geek out. Geek rather. out. Do you have any other geek outs? Uh, well, I guess if you want to stick along the video game line, I, the pictures for the new Elder Scrolls game, yeah, Skyrim, looks pretty uh, There's impressive. a lot of talk about Skyrim. Yeah, I was never into it. I played the Elder Scrolls 3 on the original Xbox, mm-hmm. and I said, this is stupid. How could anybody get into this? <laughs> yeah. Then when I bought my Xbox, it came with – did it, there was a deal at the time where you got the Oblivion, mm-hmm. which was the fourth Elder Scrolls game. And I started playing it, and I understood quickly how people get wrapped up into this. Just as you got wrapped up into Fallout. Yeah. Well, yeah, the more time you put in, the more in-depth you get into and build up the character development and all that stuff. There's just so much to do. I can't imagine where this one's going to go. But I know that the world's going to feel a lot more alive. They've added dragons to the game. Nice. That's a pretty cool addition. Well, yeah. That's what you want in a fantasy game. Oh, absolutely. You always want dragons. So I'm pretty excited about that. And that comes out, I believe the release date is 11-11-11. Right with Immortals. There we go. That movie that's coming out that's 1-1-1-1-1-1. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Those are my two. Well, I don't know. Should I talk about Duke Nukem now? Is it a geek out? I'm pretty geeking out. Go for it. All right. You either love the game or you hate the game. And I love it. I think this game, they delivered what they promised. You're going to laugh out loud. You know, it's certainly no revolution when it comes to first person shooters. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an old game and engine and everything. Yeah. So 12 years in development and it shows. Yeah. They, they did the best they could. Yeah. It looks like it belongs on PlayStation 2 or the original Xbox. There's a few spots in the game where you see that, but overall, I've been laughing out loud. The game is just as raunchy as ever. Just the things and they, that's what you want. There's so many spots where I said, did they really just do that? Did they really just say that? Like, how are they getting away with this? Now with all the parental advisory stuff and the ratings. Well, yeah, if they put the rating on there, they now have oh, watch, really. But when Duke Nukem 3D was on the computer, they didn't have the ratings. No. If we went back and they had it, I don't think they would have ever released a game like that. True. But, yeah, the game is great. I mean, the only downfall to the game are the load times, which seems to be the biggest complaint online. People just complaining about that. 30, 40, sometimes a minute of load times. That's ridiculous. Overall, isn't that big a deal. But when you're sitting in front of a TV screen, it feels like an eternity. Yeah. Especially since the load times for the computer version are only four to six seconds. Oh, really? So I don't understand what happened between the computer version and the Xbox version. I wonder if there's a big difference between Xbox and ps3 at all i'm thinking the screens they show on the trailer for the game yeah. have got to be for the computer because i'm playing on an hd tv and my screen shots don't look like the ones on the oh. the commercial it doesn't look that you know the game the the, the screens on the trailer mm-hmm. look like it could belong in today's video game world like it's up to date sure not when you play it. Yeah. So it's got to be the computer version. Well, it was intended for the computer. I mean, these right. consoles didn't exist when they started developing Duke Nukem Forever, which is so funny to think about. Like, I know. It's a good game. Yeah. Go out, you know, if you don't want to buy it, at least rent it. Yeah. Because you'll enjoy it. 
you'll definitely laugh. And it takes quite a few stabs. It takes a stab at uh, Master Chief from Halo. Mm-hmm. It takes a stab at Christian Bale and his freaking out over the <laughs> lighting. Yep. So it, it'll make you laugh. And I'm only about halfway through it, and I still haven't played the multiplayer. Right. But I'm having a really good time with it. Cool. I'm going to check out the PC version, I think, honestly, because I don't, I've said before, I don't like playing first person shooters on consoles because I don't have as much control as I get by using the mouse and moving that around to shoot what I want. It's a little more cumbersome to use a joystick instead. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I guess I went from one to three. That's okay. So (laughs) that's right. More content's never a bad thing. Um, I'm geeking out over a couple different things this week, one of which is Green Lantern, which I saw last night. And I'm not going to get into spoilers, obviously, because this isn't the spoiler room and you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say ultimately that I did enjoy it. I know there are some people that are loving it. Some people are hating it. Ryan Reynolds was an okay Hal Jordan. I still think he was the wrong casting. At times, more in the second half of the movie, I buy it more. But in the first half, he feels a little bit like Kyle Rayner as opposed to Hal Jordan, a little too quick-witted and mm-hmm. offhanded funny comments, things like that. As far as the other superhero movies I've seen this summer, I'm going to say I enjoyed it more than Thor, but Thor is a better movie, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Thor was put together better. It's a better movie ultimately, but Green Lantern is more enjoyable, I think, for me. From an action standpoint? From an action standpoint, from a visual standpoint, um, the CGI didn't bother me. I wasn't sure if it would, but it didn't. The movie was almost entirely. Yeah. From the trailers on TV, it seems like it was mostly CGI. A large part of it was, absolutely. And I saw it in 2D. I have no need to see it in 3D. I plan on going again before the spoiler room discussion, which hopefully we'll be having next week. And maybe I'll check out the 3D one just to compare and contrast a little bit. I have heard from a lot of people that it's very dark in comparison. And that's just that's something that comes with the 3D technology they have. So there's really nothing they can do about that. Although, I guess they could brighten up the 3D copies on purpose. I don't know why they couldn't do that or why they don't do that. I don't think I ever need to see 3D again. (laughs) I'm done. Yeah, there's really no reason for it. It's foolish. But we are planning on having the spoiler room discussion for Green Lantern next week. So earlier than usual, I'll put out the poll question and ask people, what did you think of Green Lantern? And we'll bring those up in the spoiler room next week and answer them during that portion of the show. So if you have any thoughts on the movie, you can send your answer via email or, again, you can do an audio recording and send that to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or at Geek Generation on Twitter. The second thing I'm geeking out about is a show that I mentioned a little while back that I've been watching, uh, Franklin and Bash. Do you oh, remember me mentioning oh, this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've been is, intrigued by it. Yeah. For, it's because the lawyer. commercials were nonstop. For it. <laughs> Especially, and it's odd because the first exposure I had to it was during those movie theater commercials that come on like before the trailers and everything. Really? That was the first I'd ever seen of uh, it. Do you and watch I, Conan O'Brien? No. I, I, oh, that's why. Yeah. I DVR it. Oh, okay. But almost every commercial for six weeks prior. Well, yeah, was, and Conan's on TBS, um, which yeah. is... Uh, a sister station or affiliate to TNT, which airs Franklin and Bash. So the, the show is, um, Mark Paul Gossler, who was Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell and Brecken Meyer, where if people don't recognize him, he was the male lead in Road Trip is what he's probably most notable for. He does a lot of voices on Robot Chicken too. He's friends with that whole crew. And the two of them are lawyers that are a little bit unorthodox. They get hired by a big, 
law agency that's owned by Malcolm McDowell, who I also love. <laughs> so the the people, all the main actors on the show are people I really dig. Yeah, the casting sounds good. Yeah, and the show itself is really funny and it's really well made. It's a good balance between the comedy and like any good law show does. They have to come up with creative ways to win their cases and things like that. It's not the immediate right answer. They do the prying, but their their methods are just more unorthodox than the straight by the books type lawyer show. Yeah, so. I, I missed it. I, I all the the build up, and I said I want to check this out. Yeah. Oh, Zach Morris is in it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I haven't seen him in a while, and uh, I don't know. I just missed it. I forgot to DVR it, and now we're what three or four weeks in. It's three three episodes in mm-hmm. right now, which is still plenty of time. Oh yeah, I'll just set the DVR today. Yeah, to record them. Yeah, it's well worth watching. I think I'm really enjoying it so far. Cool. Uh, my last geek out is one I wasn't necessarily expecting. And then I watched the not teaser trailer that was parodying another movie, but the actual full first trailer for the Muppets movie. Oh, it's out there. And I watched it and nostalgia just yeah. seeped in because I can't wait to see this now because they, they set it up so well. I mean, Jason Siegel has a big hand in writing it. He's also the guy starring in it um, from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. And he's a huge Muppets fan that he's admitted many times. So he wants to stay really accurate to the tone. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Yes. When a fan, he he must have watched them growing up just as I did. And there's nothing better than that. Right. When the fan grows up and then says, Hey, I want to bring them back and we're going to do it right. Yeah. So yeah, it still looks like it has that ridiculous Muppets comedy, but they're, they're treating it very fairly. And it, it, felt like just the trailer was very nostalgic and I was, I was back in my old Muppets days. So I really, really want to see the new movie now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you been, have you been on the Disney ride? The Muppet thing? They do a 3d show before 3d had become mainstream. Well, yeah, all the amusement parks were doing 3d before 3d was a thing. I remember seeing captain EO. And that is such a (laughs) funny, funny show in Disney. So yeah, they've always been around. Now this will bring them back even bigger. Yeah. I mean, the Muppets are awesome. That's yeah, one are. of my favorite things in of all the roller coasters and all the rides. The Muppet Show yep. is one of my favorite things in Disney. Yeah. So the Muppets are huge. This is going to be exciting. And this comes out around Thanksgiving? I think so, yeah. Good. Yeah. Really excited for it. I haven't seen the full trailer. I'll have to look for it. We'll watch it after the show. Cool. <laughs> um, well, then, Geek Out's out of the way. What are you freaking out about? Oh, freak out! I've got two. And I mentioned them to you the other day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one is I like Howard Stern. Yep. I enjoy his show. Yep. I actually didn't start listening to his show until I about a year before he switched over to Satellite. Okay. <clears throat> but my fiance got me the serious Satellite, so now I listen to him every day. But my freak out is Robin. She Robin Quivers, the mm-hmm. his sidekick. Sidekick, yeah, more or less. I understand her purpose on the show and she's great and I love her. Yep. I think <laughs> she's funny. She'll throw those liners, one liners in there, here or there and just make you laugh. But she is just interrupting too much. Yeah. Especially, I was really tuned in for the JJ Abrams interview, which was a great interview. It was. I loved Super 8 and I yep. loved Cloverfield. I think he does great stuff, but nonstop interruptions. Yeah. Him and Howard were in the middle of a conversation and she'll just jump in and interrupt them. And you can't be doing that. It was just driving me crazy from JJ Abrams 
position. If he's sitting there having a conversation with Howard, right. or you and I are having a conversation right now, it'd be like somebody just walking into the studio and interrupting us. Sure. It, that, that would be aggravating. Absolutely. It's just, it really was driving me nuts. And now I'm noticing when they replay shows from the past month mm-hmm. and interviews, she's been doing it for a while. Yeah. And I'm just freaking out over it. It's and recently there was the interview with Todd Phillips that we mentioned too. Yeah. And he called her out on it. And I don't know if it was, I mean, he says he's a big fan of the show too. And he listens. So he knew that she was doing that and interrupting all the time. But just um months prior, she had said something about not liking the hangover that much. Yeah. And I think he took offense to that and kind of wanted to jab her back. But Probably. it's not like he was way off base either. No, he wasn't. But that's been a complaint. You get the listener emails and you know people calling in and they complain. Yeah. So I think she's just becoming too talkative. I want to hear Howard, especially during an interview, because yeah. he's such an amazing interview. He is. He is so good. I want to hear him and the guest talk. Yep. She can talk here or there, but. She can throw in like two questions. She should have right. a limit. She gets like two <clears throat> cards. She can hold up. I have one question. And then Howard can go to her. Oh, Robin, I see you have a question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she just raised her hand like in school. Right. But when her cards are out, she's done. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then my other freak out uh, took place. It was on Facebook. Oh, it, no. It, so, you know, the hockey games were on this past week. Yep. And I understand everybody. All and the for boss- those listening nationally, we are in Massachusetts. So. Right. <clears throat> right at the heart of it. So I understand people are excited and they want to express their feelings, yeah. but it's going too far. I'm on Facebook. I wasn't watching the hockey game. Me I'm not neither. a big sports guy. I watch wrestling. Yeah. That's pretty much it. This is a Bruins house and I was not paying any attention. I'm on Facebook, you know, playing games, just messing around. And every single new post that's coming up was somebody's thought about the game. Yeah. Look, I don't care. That you're excited that they scored the third goal yep. or that you need to comment about the coach or anything. Why does it matter? It drives me nuts that people feel as though their every thought needs to be told to the world. Yeah. It's a thought for a reason. It's supposed to stay in your head. It doesn't need to be out. Or that's what Twitter's for. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you're not on Twitter. (laughs) Exactly. Because it would drive me nuts. I, it just, it really was aggravating me. Because I could have just shut the computer off or got off of Facebook, but sure. I wanted to stand there playing games, chatting with people. Sure. But the every thought thing is just ridiculous. And it's not just with hockey. It's with every sport. Yeah. You know, the Patriots are playing and it's the same thing. Well, my beef with people that do stuff like that is that if you're enjoying something like that, like a sport that's live and everything, you're not going to go back and watch this later for any reason. If you're enjoying it that much, then why are you saying, why is your thought process going to Facebook? Exactly. I have to say this to everybody. Shouldn't you be like entranced in the game? Exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I went through and it's like saying, I like this too. Everyone needs to know that I'm doing what they're doing. Right. That's like when we would sit down and watch WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble. You know, the phones are off or out of the way. Computers aren't open. We're watching, even as bad as WrestleMania was, we're watching, (laughs) you know, the show. Right. I, I don't, I just, Get frustrated with people putting out their every thought because I don't care. Right. And why would anybody care what I have to think about the Bruins game? True. It's not like the Bruins organization is going to see me post something about the team and then go, wow, we need to hire this kid to do something for us. He's hysterical. He's awesome. What witty know. comments they make about this. Exactly. Sporting event. It's just, it, it's something that shouldn't 
make me crazy, but it does. Yeah. I think I just have to learn to get past it. But it's maybe those people should have their own podcast where they can voice their opinions. Maybe they should. And then we don't have to listen to it. Just like they're not listening to us. (laughs) Oh, people listen. You don't put yourself (laughs) down so quickly. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. That's, those are my freak outs. Okay. I, in a rare uh, circumstance, don't have any freak outs, which is incredibly rare. There's always something pissing me off, but not this week for some reason. Huh? Yeah. Well, it's been a good week then. I guess so. I'm saying I'm holding it together. Awesome. All right. Well, then let's move on. Yeah. Johnny bit me. Had your kids. Had your wife. Double rainbow all the way. Is this real life? Johnny, that really hurts. <laughs> so you can run and tell that. So we do have some web finds this week. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> the first of which is a video that was a, I've been doing a lot of portal stuff in the web finds. It's just kind of yeah. coming up. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the stuff I'm looking for. Or I don't know. It just, I run across it. Uh, there's a fan made film called Outside Aperture, which is a portal inspired short film, not based off portal two, but, or even the rewritten ending of portal one, because there were two different versions. The original portal ending had, uh, Chell leaving the testing facility and just kind of going out into the real world. And you didn't really know what happened. And this fan person, the video maker apparently decided I'm going to make a little story. I think it was like maybe eight minutes long. Yeah. And, um, said this is maybe what a day in the life of Chell on the outside world might be like. And the, not only is it creative and I thought an interesting take to do on that, but the production value was absolutely amazing. Yes, it was. Yeah. They're the portal gun that they made and she has with her for the majority of the video. There is a step-by-step photo process on the official website for this where they show exactly how that gun was made. And that alone looks like an intricate process. Then you just look at the video and the special effects and all the things that they did. The production value is great. It's well worth watching. And I would love to actually see like a full length. Well, I don't know how interesting a full length portal movie would be because it's about like problem solving and stuff. Right. And you're not going to do that mid movie and interact with it. But this person needs a job of some sort in the video field. But a 30, 45 minute sure. short fan-made film yeah yeah we're seeing these pop up a lot more there's a duke nukem one out there yep there's the halo ones uh and then this thing you know i didn't play portal yeah so i'm thinking i may need to but (laughs) yeah you're right the quality of this film is amazing yeah It, it it blows my mind what someone can do with a camera these days you know you don't need a big production company you get a good camera some good editing software and you've a couple people who may have some acting ability right and you've got yourself you know, a short film. And like we said before, J.J. Abrams was saying it during that interview with Howard Stern. Yeah. Now the advice that you give to filmmakers are, well, the technology's out there for anyone to access. Yeah. If you want to be a filmmaker, go make a film. Exactly. And this is how you do it. Like show something like this and this is your demo reel now. Exactly. Someone might see it and say, what can we do to make this a movie? Right. Can this be made into something bigger? Even if it's based on a licensed product or anything, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's not like you're going out and selling this. This right. is just showing off what you can do. And you're obviously going to be more passionate about it if it's something you care about like this. So great results and great things we're seeing out yeah. there in the, the fan video-based world. Absolutely. The next thing on the web finds here is an underground cabin that we took a little look at. 
Um, basically, this is, let me remind myself here, I have the article up. Uh, it is a cabin built on a small agricultural village. Um, they have zoning requirements here, and I believe this was uh, in Spain. Yeah. They're, they have zoning requirements where they're only allowed to use 25 square meter buildings, which are usually for tool storage, and a 50 square meter underground cistern. So the house that they built here, it looks like it's just a stone cabin, more or less, with a couple benches outside. But then when you look at the floor pans and you look at the photographs of the actual interior, there is one room on the inside above ground. There's a little loft for a bed if you want to actually sleep upstairs with the moonlight and everything. But then if you go downstairs, there's like two sublevels. And they look beautiful the yeah. way that they're designed on the inside. And there are a lot of cool things <laughs> about this building, not only the way that you really never have to heat or cool it because of the subterranean room structure and the stone walls, but you do get natural lighting down into at least the first subterranean la layer because the benches that are outside on the, I guess, patio area, you can call it, yeah. um, they double as skylights for that first for the first subterranean level, and that's probably a little tough to picture, but I will post a link on thegeekgeneration.com so people can actually look at all the stuff. And I thought it was really cool because whenever I envisioned a dream house, I always thought about it in this way because I I don't need, like, the large, expansive, like, show-off-my-house type mansion. Yeah. I always thought the covert, like... I know Batcave-ish type. I was just going to yeah, say, okay, Batman. <laughs> the uh, the underground, more covert, subterranean right. thing was a lot cooler. And I, whenever I have rooms, like we're in the basement right now. Exactly. And this is, I mean, my room in my old house was in the basement by choice. Like I always, for some reason, have liked the subterranean. And that was even, well, I can't say before the Batman thing because the Batman thing's always been around. But yeah. for whatever reason, I just like being in the ground more than being above the ground. I don't know why. I don't know. See, I'm the opposite. I like being up higher where yeah. I can see everything yep. and survey everything. I suppose I could get used to it. I, it. From the pictures, it looks like a really cool place. Yeah. I'd like to actually go in in there to see I don't know, how big or how small it really is. Right, right. It's hard to tell from pictures. I need to see a picture of an actual person in there, but it is pretty impressive. Yeah. I think it's just a great idea innovation-wise because even if it's not – going to be totally energy saving although this one is it seems for, pretty energy for efficient. where it's located this is a great way to make use of the surface area that we have on the planet frankly right. because we have only so much surface area but then we're building up and granted there's building higher and higher you get less and less support yeah but if you build down then i think that just gives us more area to work with oh definitely so I think it's a great innovation that hopefully we'll see expand into other areas of like home building. And the little skylight thing is pretty cool. Yeah, that's it such a like novel. A bench. Yeah, like you could sit down there. It's such have a novel lunch at approach. And, and granted, this could be a little bigger. Like yeah. take the patio and kind of stretch it around the house more. You could have like a barbecue area set up. You could throw like a pool behind it still if you really wanted to. Absolutely, and still have your yard. But the the house is all like just in that same area, which is so cool. Yeah. The only issue you run into is, as I mentioned to you earlier, when yeah. we first looked at it, was a high water table. Right. Like where I live out in, in Rhode Island, I have a high water table. Right, right. When we had all that rain last year. The water rose up to ground level and then went up another four, almost four feet yep. above 
the ground. I mean, we were flooded out of the house for three and a half weeks. Jeez. So to try something like that, we would have been swimming in the house. Right. But for places like, you know, more of a desert, you know, all the way out Midwest. Yeah. Even in California, they could probably do something like that. Sure. But it's very impressive. That yeah. I mean, really even with cool a high place. water table, they could figure out some way of waterproofing it. Hopefully. Yeah. If, if, I mean, if this was the plan, they would obviously have to go in to do some more like refining and make it accessible for this area. But it's a great start and a great concept. Definitely. Yeah. We'll have to see where they go with it. Yeah. It I'm could be curious. the home of the future. Yeah. It could build entire. You see the little developments. They could do one that's all underground homes. That'd be so cool. The garage is the only thing above ground. Pull yeah. your car in, open up the door, walk down Take the, the stairs. And then down. You, or, yeah, there you go. <laughs> or in your case, it'd be the bat pole. You yeah, just yeah, slide yeah. down. <laughs> Uh, the last thing here is something we mentioned the other day too, which was kind of amusing. The, um, for people that are, I don't know if there are any true fans of it, <laughs> but, uh, that Rebecca Black Friday video, she's amassed nearly as many dislikes as she has YouTube viewers since unleashing her debut song Friday earlier this year. Oh, yeah. But now yeah. Rebecca Black's detested single has been removed from the video site YouTube. Coincidentally, oh, this past Friday. Huh? <laughs> That's hey a nice slap in the face. <laughs> uh, spokesperson for the singer told TMZ that, quote, we can confirm that we submitted a takedown notice to YouTube as a result of the dispute we have with ARC Music regarding the Friday video. The issue is thought to invoke ARC's sudden decision to make Friday a rental video in which users pay $2.99 to watch, on, uh, to watch the auditory insult to good taste. This is thought to have caused disagreement between ARC and Black's representatives over who owns the rights to Black's image. Black's mother originally paid Ark to write and produce the song and its accompanying video for her daughter. So the hmm. company that produced it has put it up for rental on YouTube instead of just being able to watch it normally. And uh, Rebecca Black and her family are saying, well, it's you guys wrote it and produced it, but we paid you to do that. Yeah. This is still my image yep. and technically now my song. And uh, you guys can't be making money off of my likeness. So I'm going to pull this off of YouTube until some of the money is mine. And I don't even really care about their dispute that much. Mm. I mean, honestly, I, I would have to side with her because, yeah. I mean, they paid for the services. The services ended and therefore the rights are theirs. But I'm just glad the song's off YouTube <laughs> because it's My horrible. issue isn't even with that. Who's going to pay? To watch it. Why am I going to pay two ninety nine? Is that what you said it was? Two ninety nine rental. Why yeah, am I going to pay two ninety nine to watch a crappy video? I don't know. I don't think anybody's going to pay. And if you pay, you have a problem. Yeah, but your wallet at, needs to be taken from you. Look at how brain dead our country is with the amount this of reality television that's yeah. out there, and people just going ooh three D. So this is true. Yeah, people are going to do stupid things like pay two ninety nine to watch one of the worst music videos in history. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those are the end of the web finds though and we're at a good midway point for the show so we're going to take a quick break and All we right. will be right back do you shop on amazon.com would you like to support the geek generation while shopping on amazon.com great because you can do both without spending any additional money all you need to do is visit www.thegeekgeneration.com and find the amazon button on the front page click the button do your normal shopping and check out You've spent no additional money, but you have earned us a commission. Please make this a regular part of your Amazon.com shopping routine. Hi, this is John Schneider. You know, the, uh, the Bo Duke guy. Or 
Smallville guy, Jonathan Kent. And you're listening to the Geek Generation. That's not my generation. That's your generation. All right, we are back. And to go over the listener emails from last week would be pointless because we didn't get any. Actually, <laughs> we got one. but That was me. Yeah, Mike wrote it and Mike's here this week. So. And it, it was an extensive email, too. I think I went quite in-depth when I just wrote Halo 4. Yeah. And that was it. Very extensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got no listener emails. I had asked what was the biggest thing that came out of E3 or the thing you were most excited about that came out of it, which I thought would be a popular thing. I thought we had more gamers listening. but Maybe... People don't feel as though anything big did come out. Maybe. I mean, we got the little Wii, uh, the new the the Wii, U. the Wii U. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they think sometimes, but <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't. It did feel like there was just a, a lack of enthusiasm overall. Yeah. With the whole convention. Yeah, I don't think it was. It didn't feel as big as in past years. No. So there's no listener emails this week, but that's okay. We're just gonna jump right into the news then. All right. Top story this week. Best-selling author J.K. Rowling's recently launched Harry Potter-related website, Pottermore, has created a buzz throughout the internet community and Harry Potter fans alike. The site features a magenta background with two owls perched on tree branches and the promise of something coming soon. If you click on one of the owls framing the page, it takes you to a YouTube account with a countdown clock that teases an announcement from the author. Based on the clock, that makes the announcement scheduled for this Thursday, June 23rd. Coincidentally, that's also the birthday of Geek Generation co-host and ultra-Harry Potter fan Anna Zifkat. Scholastic has told Entertainment Weekly that the announcement will not be a new book. Really? Really. Because that's what... See, my my fiancé loves Harry Potter. Yep. Loves it. (laughs) A ridiculous amount of love goes towards Harry Potter. I took her to the uh, Harry Potter... I call it Harry Potter world over at Universal Studios in Florida last year. And she went crazy, but I actually showed that website to her yesterday. And her first thought was, Oh, it's got to be another book. Yeah. But now that they're saying it's not, now what is it? There's a lot of speculation. Um, even though they said it's not a new book, a lot of people seem to be speculating. This is the rumored about Harry Potter encyclopedia. Okay. That would kind of expand the universe. Um, there's speculation that the Pottermore site is going to be an online encyclopedia, more or less, and like an expansion of the Harry Potter world in that way. And lastly, there's also speculation that this is the start of a Harry Potter MMO game. Really? Yeah. If done right, that might be pretty cool. Might be. But those are the things I've heard so far. We could totally be wrong, too. All the online speculation could just be off. It could be. I had mentioned to you... I thought it was it would be pretty cool because I've always been intrigued with the bad guy. With, yeah. You know, the, the Voldemort. I mean, I would totally side with Darth Vader. Yeah. Any day. <laughs> uh, I thought it would be cool if she wrote something from the perspective of Voldemort. Right. But maybe if it's not a book, maybe it's a comic book series, a graphic novel. Who knows? Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll know on Thursday. I'm sure that'll I be so. a part of our news on next week's show. Definitely. Next story I just, here. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Further, I just hope, you know, this is a huge money-making franchise for her. It is. Now for Universal. They t- took a lot of business from Disney when that opened last summer. Yep, and now they're at the final movie, so. They're at the final movie. It's all wrapping up. There's got to be pressure on her, on J.K. Rowling's, to continue the franchise in some way, to right. continue to make money. Oh, no doubt. 
as I mentioned to you before, I just hope this isn't, let's not milk this until there's nothing left. Right. You know, let's, you know, which happens far too thing. often. It happens with everything. Let's yeah. not beat it to death. It should be interesting though. Yeah. I, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, as I mentioned, but I am excited to see what you're the geeking out is. by proxy. I guess so. Based on your fiance's excitement. I'm sure you're, you, it's a little, uh, just being near the geeking out. Yeah. I, I think it's, as every guy has said, just uh, as I'm sure she geeked out when she saw the Halo 4 teaser. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when, when the woman is excited, I must also be excited. Right. Right. So what she wears the pants. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, two of the biggest roles remaining to be cast for Christopher Nolan and Zack Snyder's Man of Steel are that of Clark Kent's biological parents. Variety is reporting that Russell Crowe is in negotiations to play Jarrell, Superman's Kryptonian father. Crowe joins a cast of Henry Cavill, Emery, uh, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Kevin Costner, and Diane Lane. The last major role to cast is that of Lara, Superman's biological mother, which the studio is also seeking a major name for. What do you think of the casting? The casting sounds good. Yeah. I'm just glad that he wasn't casted to play Superman. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a little God, uh, terrible. past the prime age of doing that. The casting, you can have all the greatest actors in the world, but if the script is no good, yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah. As we've seen in the past with various movies. I think Russell Crowe's just fine for this part. And actually, yeah. he's all of four years younger than Marlon Brando was playing him in the oh, okay. first Superman movie. So age-wise, age he's appropriate for the role, too. It sounds good. I didn't have a problem with it. When yeah. I saw his picture come up, I said, oh, cool. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> Another I name to bring to the project. I guess so. Like a Superman movie would even really need a name, but. Yeah, because the focus is on Superman. Right. So, And how big of a supporting. I, I watched the original Superman movies with Christopher Reeves. Mm-hmm. And I, Superman's mother and father, they didn't have that big of a role. No, it in probably won't be anyway. that big a role. So whether they're major actors or, you know, minor stars, yeah. shouldn't make that big of a difference. True. But I understand what they're going for. And I'm sure there are A-list actors like crazy that just want to be involved. Oh, yeah. Just to say, hey, I wouldn't turn it down. Right. I said, you want to be part of Superman? Damn right I do. Like, yeah, I'll, I be, mean, the, I'll be anybody. Really I'll be a guy once. that's dropped from the sky by a Kryptonian and exactly. smashed on the ground. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just fine. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next story here is one out of E3. I didn't report last week, but uh, to bring it up now, Paramount Digital Entertainment has announced that Star Trek will be coming to Xbox 360, PS3, and PC in summer 2012. With an unprecedented co-op experience, the game casts players as Kirk and Spock for the first time ever. The game, which continues the adventure that director and producer J.J. Abrams envisioned with 2009's Star Trek, boasts a standalone story filled with action-packed combat as Kirk and Spock must work together to stop a legendary enemy race bent on conquering the galaxy. Star Trek features an original story by God of War writer Marianne Krasik in collaboration with the writer-producers of the new Star Trek films, Bob Orsi and Alex Kurtzman. During the E3 press conference, Jack Tretton announced that the upcoming title will feature PlayStation Move support. Additionally, the PlayStation Network will also host an exclusive, downloadable prequel to the game, which will also be 3D and Move-enabled. Cool. Yeah. I'm not a big star, you know. Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, I, didn't <laughs> I, mean, I know like, you eh. wanted to say Wars, but. I did want to say Wars, yeah. but I'm just like, whatever. Uh, I'm not a big Star Trek fan. I won't play the game. Yeah. But great. At least it's not another typical video game based off a movie. Yep. 
that's going to suck. I, if well, there's an original story here. There are a lot of video games that have original stories that like uh, Captain America Super Soldier is going to be one, Thor, God of Thunder, both games put out by Sega that have, they take place kind of in between the comic book universe and the movie universe, but they're obviously taking advantage of the movie popularity right now. I'm hoping that this game is an actual good movie game because there's not yeah. a whole lot of them. I had heard that the X-Men Origins Wolverine game was actually pretty good. That's what I heard, too. I haven't played it yet, but I plan on it still. And I'm hoping this one is going to be great as well. But, like, yeah, the writing team is from the movie as well as someone who is on the God of War writing staff, which right. were great stories. As long as the, the game engine is good. Yeah. You know, this is like like we just mentioned with Superman. Yeah. You can have all the greatest actors and, and everything. It's kind of the reverse of that now. Plus, it's a co-op game, too, which we don't have nearly enough of no, these days. No, there's none. No. Everything's online. Right. You don't ever sit down with a friend anymore in front of a your PlayStation or your Xbox. Yeah. Pick up two controllers and play a game. Yeah. Yeah. If it, Hey, if it's a good co-op game, awesome. I mean, maybe I'll play it. Maybe I'll rent it. Yeah. I need someone to play with. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we've reported about Redbox adding the video game rentals to their uh, system a while ago, but on Friday, June 17th, video game rentals launched on more than 21,000 Redbox locations nationwide. Featuring video game titles across the three major consoles, Redbox will rent games for $2 a day, DVDs for as low as $1 a day, and Blu-ray discs for $1.50 a day. Some of the game titles currently available are Brink, Call of Duty Black Ops, Duke Nukem Forever, Infamous 2, just Dance 2, L.A. Noir, Red Faction Armageddon, and Transformers Dark of the Moon. I like it. Yeah. I have not rented anything from a red box yet. No? No. See, I'm a Netflix subscriber, and I actually have gone and rented from a red box. One reason being that sometimes the Netflix queue becomes so clogged, like so many people have a movie out that it says long wait on it. Yeah, And if I really, really, really want to watch it within a timely fashion, then maybe I'll go out to a Redbox and rent it, even though I have a Netflix subscription already. And for a dollar, it's right. really nothing. I just bring it back the next day. I watch it that night. And if I'm going to play something like, um, like I thought about doing this with Duke Nukem, maybe, although I do, I would rather play it on my PC, but there are plenty of games I can think of that I'm on the fence about. And to go spend $2, even to just give it a try before I spend like $60 to buy it. Yeah. Doesn't seem like that bad an idea to yeah. me. I'm very picky about the games that I buy. I yeah. have to really know that I'm going to enjoy this game. Yeah. I, I play, I play Halo. I played Fallout, the Elder Scrolls and now Duke Nukem. I'm Grand Theft Auto, of course, but yeah, to be able to just go up, grab a game, try it out for a couple bucks. But then the, you know, there's Gamefly too. Sure. I don't know if you've tried that. I haven't. I know that's pretty much in line with Netflix as far as the mailing thing, but then you might yeah. write into the same problem. Yeah. Where you have, like, let's say a game's coming out or it just came out. You really want to get your hands on it. You go to the red box, spend two bucks. And I don't think I play as many games as I used to to make Gamefly worth it. And if I do, like, I would probably play a game for almost that whole month. Yeah. So if, if I was just going to try out a game, then Gamefly I don't think is for me. Mm -hmm. But spending the two bucks for one at Redbox as often as I would be trying out a game isn't going to cost me a lot of money yeah. overall. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think I'm it's really smart. I'm surprised it took this long for them to Did decide I? to put video games in there. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Since, especially since uh, the Hollywood videos, blockbusters, they've all, they're gone. 
everywhere that there used to be one. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's just an empty storefront. Yeah, it's shocking to even see. Like I saw one a few weeks ago while on the way to attract me, and I was just dumbfounded that it was there. I was like, Blockbuster's <clears throat> still around. It's like a thing from the past. You go, oh, wow, look, Blockbuster. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea, and I'll, I'll most likely give it a try. Yeah, I'm sure I will at some point. Uh, Naughty Dog has announced a collector's edition for Uncharted 3 that includes a variety of different collectibles. A functional traveling chest replica, which stores all the other aspects to the collector's edition. An exclusive steelbook case for Uncharted 3 Drake's Deception. A full-size replica of Drake's belt buckle from Uncharted 3. A full-size replica of Drake's necklace, which includes Sir Francis Drake's ring. And an exclusive statue of Nathan Drake from Sideshow Collectibles, which is a pretty decent like statue creating company yeah. and like movie props and all those replica things. Sideshow collectibles is. Yeah. And I am really scared that more and more games are getting into this collector's edition area because there's <laughs> all this geeky stuff I want yeah. that I'm going to be spending money on. I mean, I just got the hero edition of uncharted. I'm looking at uh, that right not now. Uncharted yeah. of uh, infamous two. And the stuff that comes with it is awesome. And I'm looking at the uh, Assassin's Creed revelations one, the stuff in that yeah. doesn't seem as interesting to me. But this one, I think I'm going to have to get the collector's edition on. For me, honestly, the thing that's the most interesting is the replica of the Sir Francis Drake ring, which has been something that's existed in all the Uncharted games so far. See, because I don't... Well, my sister has the uh, PlayStation 3, mm-hmm. but she only plays Rock Band on it. So I haven't actually played Uncharted yet. Yeah. Uh, the game looks great. They're sitting right there to be borrowed. Oh, they are, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how big do these sell? Like when... To go back to Xbox because that's all the I really collector's know. editions. Yeah, the collector's editions. Because when Halo Three launched, mm-hmm. or I don't know, one of the Halo games launched, they had the whole the Master Chief helmet right, and right. all that. Do these special editions sell big? Because when I go to buy a game, I don't really care. Right. Just give me the game. Yep. I'm gonna go home and play it. I don't need to sit there and stare at Master Chief's helmet while I play the game. Yeah. That's just me though. Yeah. Overall, what is there anything out there that shows the percentage? I haven't really looked into it. I think they sell fairly well because they know their core audience and they know people like me are suckers. And (laughs) if they put something good enough in the package, then I'm willing to spend the extra money for it. I mean, normally I'm not willing to spend the extra money. There's a lot of games that I'm a fan of that I still didn't get the collector's edition. Like the last SmackDown game had a really cool looking collector's edition, but there wasn't anything good enough worth my extra money. Yeah. But, I mean, like the infamous two one had uh, the statue was almost a bonus. I wanted the sling pack because that's like a game replica type thing. And it's actually functional. Like I plan on wearing that to New York Comic Con. Oh, I could use something like that. Definitely. So when they're putting things like that in the game, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to shell out the extra money. No problem. Well, if they include for the Assassin's Creed, if they include the hooded cape, (laughs) I will buy it just because I thought that. Well, in that case, I might have to too. Right. I can't see him doing that, but in that case, I would. Yeah, I haven't come across anything big. Yeah, not not enough that I need. I can see the Master Chief helmet replica selling like crazy. It may have. I remember I stood in line at midnight. I think when three launched, I saw a few people with it. Yeah, but no. If people are buying them, that's awesome. Yeah, the stuff I'm looking at your infamous stuff. That's that's pretty cool. What they gave you. Now, how much extra? The game itself is already sixty dollars. Right. What are they charging you? How much extra is another thirty bucks? I believe bucks? the the pack was ninety nine ninety nine. But I also had like I buy most of my video games off of Amazon now, mm-hmm. and usually when you buy something new, they give you a ten dollar voucher, 
like of just store credit. So I actually got it for $10 off. Oh. And considering the things like the backpack, the statue, um, DLC that I probably would have bought anyway, I'm probably breaking even if not saving myself a little money. Had I bought these things individually. I think you probably saved money. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm pumped with it. Uh, last news story here. Universal is looking to release Illumination Entertainment's Despicable Me 2 on July 3rd, 2013. The first movie has earned an impressive $543.1 million wow. worldwide on a budget of just $69 million. Somebody got wealthy. Yeah. So that's nearly... A $500 million profit. That's amazing. Despic- did you see Despicable Me? I did not. Was it's that really with, good? Uh, Steve Carell. Steve his- Carell is the voice of Guru, yeah, okay. the main character. Yeah. I didn't see it. I, I don't, I don't know. I watched Up finally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not big into the, those movies. I yeah. Don't know. I like seeing everybody. real people yeah. acting, but Up was good. So maybe I'll check out Despicable Me. It's up there to be borrowed. Not to, not to harp on it again. No, I'll have to borrow it. (laughs) I believe I actually have the, uh, the one that has the Blu-ray, the DVD, and so you could even just take one of the discs with you. Yeah. That's the benefit of those kind of packages. It was that good that it made that much money. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. A lot of money. Well, of course there'll be another one. Yeah. And I think they can. There's no reason not to. It's a franchise. They can get away with it. Uh, before we get into our last segment, I just want to remind everyone of the poll question. And ask one more time, what did you think of Green Lantern? Send your answers via email or audio recording to podcasts at thegeekgeneration.com or at geekgeneration on Twitter. And I also just remind, uh, remember that you had something you wanted to mention, too, as part oh, of the yeah. news. Uh, apparently, filming has just begun for the second season of The Walking Dead. Yep. Now, I know you're not big into zombies. I've never been a huge zombie fan. But this show was really good. There were only six episodes last season. Yep. And they started Halloween night. And that show was so well done. And I actually didn't read the graphic novel. But from what people are saying, it stayed very true to the graphic novel. I've heard the same. The show itself was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited that it's going to be coming out in the fall. They're probably going to aim. It would make sense to aim for Halloween time frame. Since I'm pretty sure they're scheduled to actually release around Halloween yeah. again. And this time they're up 13 episodes from six. Yep. So clearly it's popular enough to it really did very well. It. And it's staying on AMC, which is good for them. Yeah. Because that's not a channel most people watch very often. Right. But I'm excited to see that. And there's a few screen, uh, screenshots. There's a few, uh, pictures online of the, the zombies and the filming for the second season. So I'm excited to see it all coming together. Cool. Walking dead news. All right, well then, uh, we haven't done this in a while. I tend to do it, I guess, every other month is kind of the, the pattern at this point, but we're going to go into some rent, <clears throat> excuse me. We're going to go into some rental recommendations. And I have a list of about, I think, eight movies, cause normally I, I try not to include the ones that are kind of in that mid range where I rate them probably like three out of five on Netflix. But if it goes one way or the other, then I like to bring it up here and kind of note it. The first one here is a movie called I Love You, Philip Morris. Have you heard about this at all? Never heard of it. Okay. This is a comedy. Uh, it came out in 2009. It stars Jim Carrey and Ewan McGregor. And basically, Jim Carrey is a man who's living a traditional family life. Basically decides, but on the secret side, he's gay. Oh. And he's having affairs with all these men and everything during his marriage. He's also a con artist. 
and he eventually gets tossed into jail where he meets Ewan McGregor's character, Philip Morse, and they fall in love. Oh, man. <laughs> they fall in love, and um, the whole movie is really Jim Carrey trying to break out Ewan McGregor, or Jim Carrey's character is uh, Stephen Russell, and uh, Stephen's trying to break Philip out of jail so they can be together on the outside. So through all his con artist ways, this happens frequently and they get locked up again. And it, it, it's very funny. I thought if you can get by the gay stuff, which not a I lot of people a can, then well, I don't, I say not a lot of people, but I don't know. I don't know where these things range in the society. Uh, I on think any if you live time. in the South, yeah, that movie will never be seen. Probably not, but it's well worth watching. Yeah, I'll check it out. It was really funny. I like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Although I don't, I can't tell you the last movie of his that I saw that I liked. Dumb and Dumber was good. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I'll check it out. It sounds like a, a pretty funny premise. Yeah, definitely worth renting. Cool. Um, the next one on my list is one from a little while further back from 2006, Happy Feet. I do like <laughs> animated movies, so I do. I don't even care if they're for kids or whatever. I like to watch them just because I like them. And this is one that I had been meaning to for a while, but I finally got around to it. And the first half of the movie was fairly entertaining, fairly comedic. Uh, a lot of songs. It almost felt like an animated musical, which was not entirely for me. Then the second half of the movie gets really dark and preachy about really? like saving nature and all this other stuff. And it feels like a totally separate movie. And I hated that part, too. Oh. So this is a definite don't bother yeah, with this one. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it was not <laughs> It was not anything. I was hoping for, like, lighthearted animated family movie. So it kind of goes songs from songs here and there. Ha ha yay, where penguins were having a good time. Yeah. I mean, it starts off with the, a little bit of an outcast thing because the whole premise of Happy Feet is the penguins all sing songs to attract their mate. And that's where the whole, like, musical aspect comes into it. And this one penguin, whose name is Mumble, he doesn't sing. He's a horrible singer. And he, like, even came out of his egg, like, tapping his feet, and he tap dances instead. So everyone's like, well, you can't do that. That's that's not what we do. We sing. We don't tap dance. So it's one of those type yeah. of ideas. So I thought the movie was just going to be all about, like, being yourself and being accepted. Yeah. And, and then it went good... down this whole, like, dark nature preserve preservation, uh-huh. like, crazy angle that was just not good i think they should have stuck with the idea of stepping you don't have to be like everybody else you can be yourself right it can be okay maybe there could have been a happy feet two there is a happy feet two actually oh being in the work right now the whole idea of saving nature yeah could have been the second movie right yeah that sounds really weird that you'd go you're going down this path and all of a sudden it you take this sharp right turn and we're going in another direction yeah Oh, it, that sounds terrible. It, it, it ended up being horrible. So don't don't bother with Happy Feet. Oh, good. <laughs> I know you probably wouldn't have anyway. No, but <laughs> no, but if Jess or my sister says, yeah. hey, uh, let's watch Happy yeah, Feet. don't bother. No, no Rob good. said no. No good. <laughs> yeah, Rob said no. And Jess will listen to that. She will. She will. She uh, listens to you more than she listens to me. <laughs> um, the King's Speech is another one. This was the Academy Award winner of uh-huh. Best Year for Best Picture of the Year. And I watched it, and I liked it. Okay. It wasn't Best Picture award-winning worthy, I don't think. There are plenty of other movies I would have chosen over The King's Speech. Actually, The King's Speech probably wouldn't have even broken my top ten movies of the year. 
but it's still worth watching because it overall was a well-made movie. Okay. And I'll check it out. Yeah, I really can't say a ton more about it. Although I do think it's funny that Colin Firth, I believe, won the Academy Award for his performance in that. Yeah. And I recently saw him in something else where he kind of had a little bit of a stutter anyway. So I don't know how much he was actually reaching. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. His, his voice pattern just lends itself to that. So I think they just cast him well. I don't think it was necessarily an amazing performance. Anyway, uh, Predators. Did you see Predators? I'm sure I you did. saw this. Should I talk about it before you talk? If you'd about like it? to, this was also a movie from last year too. I'll say it was 2010. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I went into it not expecting anything. You got to treat that. I treat that movie the same way I'm treating Duke Nukem now. Okay. I'm going to go in. I think I'm <laughs> going to have fun with it, but yeah. I don't expect to be blown away by it. Yeah, it was exactly what I expected. It was you know the predators against humans. Yeah, and, and it, I enjoyed it. For as far as it being an action movie, the acting wasn't the best, but what acting? I mean, would you go as far first, as renting, uh, recommending the rental or was um, it kind of in that mid range for you? No, personally, if you enjoyed the first Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I would say rent it. Okay. That's my opinion. I'm going to say don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually do like, I like the first Predator and, uh, I don't know if I've even seen any of the others beyond the first Predator, but. This one just felt really, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I'll just say I was bored, honestly. Really? Like I was watching it and about a half hour to even for between that half hour to 40 minute range, they just lost me. Oh. And I didn't even care whether the movie kept going or not. And I was kind of like, all right, I feel like doing something else now, but I watch it all the way through because I do. Do you think that's because you're not? Uh, you've told me that you're not big into horror movies. Yeah. Do you think that's, and I, on the other hand, love horror movies. Horror movies I'm not big into, but I think this fell way more into the action range than the horror movie range. So I don't think that was necessarily okay. the, the downfall of it. I think there were way too many movies, uh, moments in the movie where I was, things either felt like they were dragging too much or I was just like, I just don't care about these people. They're all a bunch of like killers right. anyway. So I don't care that they're being hunted that much. Yeah, I can agree with you there. I never felt like, oh, I hope they – well, I was rooting. I always root for the bad guy. So right. I'm like, man, I hope the Predators destroy <laughs> them. Yeah. You know? So you, in that aspect, I agree. Yeah. I was never rooting for the, the people on the planet there to survive. Yeah. I don't know. There was one aspect of the movie I found particularly interesting, and that was that they kind of revealed two different breeds of Predator. Yeah. That was interesting. It was. And actually, the one that was on our side, more or less, was the one that we're used to. This new batch of Predators were a new breed that we hadn't seen before. Right. So this is not the same Predator that Arnold Schwarzenegger was battling. This is a different uh, breed. And I don't know, like, maybe they'll get into that more in the future. Like, I'm sure they have more Predator movies oh, I'm sure. in, in the works. But... um. I would like to see how that relation is. Are they a different race? Are they yeah. like, um, is it like a different nationality as we would consider it? Right. Like just a different part of the predator's world that they come from where they're slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They've never touched upon that. And what's interesting is this predator's movie was supposed to follow up in line after Arnold's movie. So right, you had right. predator one. Yep. And then they did make Predator 2. With, Although there's nothing that really bridges them. It could have been anywhere. No. But as far as the title goes, it was like with Alien and then Aliens. Right. 
it was supposed to, from what I had read before the movie came out, uh, they mentioned there is a reference to Arnold during the movie. Yeah. So it was saying as that a guy beat him by like covering himself with mud. Right. Yeah. So it was a quick reference. Uh, but yeah, they've never touched upon that. Even in the alien versus predator movies, there is, you can see that there was a different breed. They were slightly different, but they never really have gone into it. Right. And this is the first movie that really called attention to it. Yeah. But the end, even though they called attention to it, they never really addressed it. And I feel right. like that was a wasted opportunity. It was. You're right. And on a quick side note, they're actually doing, they're working right now on a prequel. I don't know if you heard to alien. Oh, geez. Um, but it's not going to be called like alien. It's, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's a name that you wouldn't even associate. You're like, right. what, what is this? But they are in the works to the whole build up to the first alien movie. Jeez. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a don't bother from me I on Predators, so. but a, a rental from Mike. So you can, uh, Side with whoever you want on that one. We're fighting. We are. (laughs) Uh, The next one here is someone, something you probably didn't even hear about, and it's a movie called Somewhere that I was fairly excited about. When I saw the initial trailers, it's kind of an indie movie, and um, I was excited. I like a good indie movie every now and then. Oh, yeah, me too. And uh, I love Steven Dorff. He's the main actor in the movie. And I love Elle Fanning, who plays his daughter, who was just in Super 8. And um, she's one of those people who I'm watching pretty much anything she puts out because she is that caliber of an actress I right she's now. Better than her sister. Yeah, I think so. So I've I was excited to watch it, and it was a cool premise and everything. Uh, it's a movie by Sofia Coppola, who also did Lost in Translation. Okay. And I didn't realize that when I watched it. Most people are very love or hate with her movies because she doesn't. Hollywood eyes, I guess is the word I could say. A lot of these, she basically treats them almost like a documentary and not in the sense that, you know, the cameras, there watching whatever you still see their life play out, but it's just like watching their life. Mm. It's not like there are any things that are written to be specifically dramatic or everything's kind of subtle and low key. And it felt like, but I think it had a really good idea that just never went anywhere and i think that's the problem with a lot of her movies it just didn't go anywhere i feel like like i just watched it and okay oh there was no underlying message their emotions didn't change during the movie not really no i mean there there was maybe an emotional moment but overall it just kind of happened so unfortunately despite uh performances that seemed just fine from everybody there it is a skip don't the, bother. the writing fell flat. Yeah. The movie itself was just not put together too well. Bad. Yeah. Uh, and oddly enough, one of the co-stars was uh, Chris Pontius from really? Jackass. Yeah. These guys like Stephen Dorff's best things. friend. It was really yeah. odd to see him. He was fine. I mean, he was just fine in the movie, but it was just weird. I was like, what the Did hell? He it's Party Boy. play himself? No. So he can act? Yeah. Oh. Most of those guys, if you've seen Johnny Knoxville, what, he was in... Men in Black 2. He was great in The Ringer. <laughs> he was great in... Um, Wasn't he in one of the Rocks movies? He was in Walking Tall, which is probably my okay. favorite Rock movie. Yeah. Yeah. He... Yeah. He's okay. <laughs> I, I look at him and I go, he's not going to be any different. Well, he kind of plays the same role in every movie. Like Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yeah. 
Oh, you should come back next week. We'll yeah. make you watch Green Lantern. Then no, you can- <laughs> that. I wanted to see it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I love superheroes. I love comic books, but I hate Ryan Reynolds. And yeah. when I had to sit there and weigh it out, like I said to you on the phone yesterday, right. I started the day off with a text to you saying, I'll go see it. Right. And then like a half an hour later, I was like, but can I sit through Ryan Reynolds? And ultimately my hatred for Ryan Reynolds acting ability won out. Yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll get into it more next yeah, week. We'll yeah. Do that next week. <laughs> uh, the next one on the list is even further back than Happy Feet. This is 2003. Oh, man. I saw Love Actually, which is a romantic comedy that I subject myself every two, uh, now and then to. I do actually enjoy romantic comedies, unlike the typical guy, I guess. The reason I wanted to see this one is because I had heard nothing but good things about it. And it's one of those movies that was like, crazy cast who's in it like everybody sounds the, really the huge list isn't even here but uh hugh grant which of course most guys yeah. are just like oh hugh grant yeah. and i wasn't uh driven to any desire to watch this by him being in it but uh colin firth was in uh-huh. it. actually this was the other movie i was thinking about where he felt kind of stuttery too okay uh colin firth emma thompson kira knightley bill nye is it or yeah bill the science guy no not bill nye <laughs> bill nye uh liam neeson Okay. Laura Linney, Alec Rickman, who was a Snape. Oh, yeah, I know him. That guy's um, awesome. And Rowan Atkinson. Why is it Rowan? Rowan Atkinson. Is, I cannot um, place him. Uh, why can't I? Mr. Bean. Oh. Yeah. Mr. He has a very Bean's small phenomenal. role, obviously, in, in it, though, but he's still on the cover because he was There's another guy who is, talk about, got stuck in one kind of role. Yeah, no kidding. Mr. Bean and that's it. And he has some like secret agent movie, uh, uh the like Johnny Danger Returns Don't or ever something see like that. that. I watched well, that. Well, he has a new Johnny oh. Danger movie coming out. Oh. Yeah, this year. Why doesn't he just make a good Mr. Bean? If there is such thing as a good Mr. Bean. <laughs> some people like tried. it. It's not for everybody. Oh. So, so Love Actually I did watch because I had heard and it's that ensemble cast and I think people start to get it confused with that movie Valentine's Day that came out recently. Or like last Valentine's Day, I yeah. think that had the crazy cast yeah. as well, and it tried to do what Love Actually did, and Valentine's Day failed. Mm-hmm. But Love Actually actually did it really well. So it worked. It worked. They had a whole bunch of movies that were, or a whole bunch not movies, is one movie, a whole bunch of stories that are intertwined, even if just roughly intertwined at times, but enough so that there was the connections made, and it made it more interesting when the connections came around. And it was done really, really well. All the sub stories, for the most part, I think with the exception of maybe one, were very interesting. There was even one just kind of side story in there that I, it doesn't feature any of these prominent people, but it's about two people who are like movie doubles and they fall, well, not fall in love, but they kind of make their romantic connection on a movie set while they're being body doubles for like the lovemaking scenes in the oh. movie. Cause they had to have these people yeah. like stripped down naked and like simulating yep. whatever, just to get the lighting and stuff. Right. Which you never really think about. No, so they don't want to waste the the time with the actors actually having to be naked <laughs> that they're going to be filming the scene with. They That's just want to film the scene and do it. So they have people going in. They're like having conversations while they're pretending to have sex. Oh, that's funny. It, it's, it was a funny little like sub story going on, but it was entertaining. Like all the little sub stories were, very entertaining in one way or another. So I noticed that this movie is, I have satellite TV at home. Yep. And I think it's, I see it played often enough. So the next time it's on, should I watch it? Yeah, I think you should. It's, it's not going to be for everyone. Like I said, it's a romantic comedy. It's very sappy, but it's interesting enough to where it held my attention. And I 
Yeah. I liked it. There's a lot of cliche romantic comedy stuff in there, but it's not like the only like cliche one is the Hugh Grant story is kind of like goofy romantic comedy. Yeah. And all the others are a little more interesting in one way or another. I'll watch it. Well, I mean, hey, it, a, I a good movie is a good movie. Yeah. True. So, uh, next one here is Drive Angry. Which is this came the out. Nicolas Cage movie? Yes, this is actually a movie uh, from this year, which I think it might be the only one on the list. I, I might have another one. Um, this is a 2011 release. It was promoted in theaters as Drive Angry 3D. Yeah, Because yeah. it was shot in 3D. And yes, there is a difference between shooting in 3D and rotoscoping it afterward yeah. and converting it to 3D, which a lot of movies tend to do just to make the more money by having you wear the glasses and uh, pay like another three bucks. Ugh. But Drive Angry, I watched in 2D. Uh-huh. And I can tell that the whole gimmick of it was the 3D because this is where 3D becomes a problem because I watch it at home on my 2D television and I see things that were clearly supposed to be 3D because they come flying at the camera. And you said, well, that was supposed to come flying out at me, but it didn't. Uh, I ran into the same problem. It's funny that you said that yesterday. Yeah. I sat down. I was so excited to watch the newest of the Resident Evil movies. Oh, yes. Afterlife, I think it was called. And I remember when that was being pushed, you know, the TV ads and everything, it was 3D was right in the title. That was right as 3D was starting, too. And I could tell throughout the movie that I was like, oh, that was supposed to be in 3D. Right. Uh, I was supposed to have – I should have a 3D TV for that. Right. And if you're a good 3D Uh, filmmaker – I mean, this was a movie that looks like it was made to clearly exploit the 3D technology, which there are a decent amount of movies now that mm -hmm. are there out there doing that. But – even if that wasn't bothering me enough, the movie just wasn't good. I was waiting for that. Yeah. I didn't expect it's, oh, it seemed like it was more of one of those grindhouse movies. It like felt this, like it too. We have those, they're coming back and not even on purpose. Right. Like these movies just suck. Like, there's <laughs> movies coming out and you sit there and you look at it and you say to yourself, really? Are they really going to do Machete? this? Have you seen Machete? I haven't. I did. Was it good? I, because uh, that looked like another Grindhouse movie too. It, oh, it was. Yeah, it was. The whole concept of the movie came from from a Grindhouse, fake right? Movie trailer, right? During the between the two Grindhouse movies, which I actually saw Grindhouse, believe it or not, because yeah. I hate horror movies and I still want to go see Grindhouse because the concept. Was I enjoyed enough. it. It was, you know, you spent a lot of time in the theater, it, but yeah, yeah, it, they were good. Anyway, I as, to, as far as Machete goes, I think you're going to have a similar reaction that you had with predators yeah. and that you're not really going to care about the characters all that much. The action is good mm-hmm. and it's violent and there's, you know, I don't like that level of, of ridiculous score that Robert Rodriguez gets in with yeah. some of those movies either though. There were a couple spots during it where I said, uh, okay, let's yeah. move on. I didn't come to watch machete talk. I am <laughs> here to see machete cut people up. Right. So, and, and Nicolas Cage, I don't know yeah. what he's doing. He was good. Uh, what did we watch him in? Um, what was the superhero movie we watched? Or the comic book movie? Oh, uh, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass, He was yes. really good. In- I enjoyed him in that. Although, every time I look at him, I have to laugh. Yeah. Like, that initial shot of Nicolas Cage, I laugh out loud. Yeah. Just to get it out of my system. Yeah. Hey, I'm not surprised. This movie looked – it must have bombed at the box office too. I don't know. Well, it was a 3D movie and it was exploiting the technology and 3D was big at the time and that's really all it was about. But I don't know how it did financially, yeah. but it's definitely not worth seeing. No, it looked like crap. No. Unless you have a 3D TV and just want to see 3D effects, don't bother. 
And even if you do have a 3D TV, don't expect a good movie. It's just going to be a 3D. Yeah, but in fest. order to watch that movie, you will have to have spent money somewhere to get that movie in your hands. So. True. Not worth the oh, time. God, I hope they don't make another one. Ugh. Um, the last angrier. one. <laughs> drive angrier. The last one here is a movie from 2010 as well, and it is The Company Men. I don't remember that. Don't remember. No. It is. It's a movie that's definitely timely in the fact that the whole plot is there are a group of people losing their jobs. They're basically getting laid off after like 12 years in service to this company mm -hmm. just because the company's downsizing. And in order to save their stocks, like to keep the stock prices high, they're just laying people off so that each uh, piece of stock is valued worth more. Yeah. So they're being incredibly disloyal to their employees. And you see the effects of these in several people like uh, Ben Affleck's the lead. Okay. Tommy Lee Jones is like a right hand man in the yeah. major company. Chris Cooper, who's more of a character actor, but yeah. he's he's been getting better and better roles lately. Uh Maria Bello is in it and Kevin Costner is also in it. Really? Who plays um How did I miss this? It it, it was I don't a great even cast. remember the trailers for it. It's a great cast. It's it's uh Boston based. Mm-hmm. Because the the accents are there. Oh God! <laughs> I mean, not 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 so bad. Like Do you actually, want to go into a half hour conversation. Ben Affleck that? does oh. not really have the Boston accent in this one because oh, he's good. playing more of the upper crust. Like he purposely got rid of it or something. But okay. Kevin Costner is his brother in law, and he's playing. He has a little bit more of that accent, and it's it's not bad either. But uh, you kind of see how each person reacts to this huge change in their life. Are they going to rise above it and like find another job or uh, make the best of their situation or are they going to crash and burn? Yeah. And you kind of live through each of these people. I mean, it's mainly from Ben Affleck's character's perspective. Okay. It's a little slow paced mm -hmm. and it's a little depressing at times, especially since it's so timely and based on yeah. things that are going on in the economy right now. But if you can get past those things, then there are some good stories being told. So it's worth renting, I think. Cool. All yeah. right. That's the last one on my list, though. That's it. That's it. We've watched enough. I know. <laughs> so we're going to start wrapping up episode 41. Crazy. Uh, this is one year. One yeah, year anniversary. One year. Yeah. Uh, as we're leaving, do you have a final thought or something you'd like to plug? Uh, I do not. No. No, I have nothing to plug. Not even the uh, the Cenobite Facebook page? Oh, sure. All Might right. as well, right? Yeah, why not? So if you want to see me in my wrestling glory, <laughs> since Rob mentioned I am his tag partner, yeah, you just go to facebook.com slash the monster Cenobite. And that is C-E-N-O-B-I-T-E, -E, the monster Cenobite. And he's getting more and more likes on there. I am, yeah. You're still I not think, caught up to me, but No, I'm up, up to 153. Oh. Uh-oh. Catch right on up. my tail. I think I broke 180 uh, to, uh, the other day. I yeah. think, I don't know. It, it, that blows my mind that we have, we're like, we're competing over a, a hundred and something. <laughs> and then you go, you look at somebody and they've got hundreds of thousands right. or millions of people who like, them. we're nothing. I know, I know. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Well, the Geek Generation site has like over 400, yeah, but that's still, good. still we should have thousands. 400, yet yeah, only like 60 people are listening. Yeah. You can get this where are those other people? Come on. What are you doing? <laughs> they yeah. can't hear this anyway. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's my only plug. All yeah. right. 
Um, well, then, as always, I remind people out there to please share the show on Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the word out. Find out even just your one geekiest friend and then have them download the show and see if they like it. Again, uh, let's do that whole I listen thing. If you're on Twitter, uh, send a tweet to at Geek Generation and just say I listen. Or if you're on Facebook on the fan page, just type in I listen on there. If you want to see articles about anything we talked about or any of the news or even the web finds, you can go to thegeekgeneration.com. On the sidebar, there is a button to subscribe in iTunes. You can rate the show and write a review there. Please write a review. It always helps us out. There's a donation button on the side that you can send money to us. If you have any questions, comments, insults, or topics you'd like us to discuss on a future show, you can send those to podcast at thegeekgeneration.com or at geekgeneration on Twitter. If you'd like to submit an article to this site or an audio file to this show, you can send those to guest at thegeekgeneration.com. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the Night Angel. Mike's not on Twitter. No. <laughs> As always, the show theme is provided by Machine Supremacy. A link to their site can also be found on our site. So going one year strong with yeah. uh, much more to come. We will see you guys next week. Later. See ya.